Episode 308 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm editor Kirk Semenoff. This week's podcast guest is Aaron Walker, who is the newish president and CEO of the Kansas Humane Society. Walker has a history with nonprofits and a history with pets, and we'll talk about both those things. And we'll talk about the Humane Society's Wichita profile. If you're on social media at all, you have undoubtedly seen posts either directly from the Kansas Humane Society or shared from your pet-loving friends, including my wife. Anyway, Aaron and I will be will talk about the Humane Society, how it's bulging at the seams lately with cats and dogs, and what's ahead for the organization. But first, let me tell you about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. This week's cover story is our 2023 Real Estate Awards. It's our annual look at the top performers in real estate, particularly on the commercial side, where we recognize architectural firms, builders, contract, general contractors, and developers, as well as real estate agents, teams, and firms. It's a who's who of Wichita real estate, and it begins on page 21. This week's list is physician group practices. See who has the most physicians and employees in the area, and read about how these companies retain their doctors, and hire new ones. The list is on page eight. Small Business Week is wrapping up this week across the US and you can read about the complex financial landscape facing small businesses after COVID-19. That begins on page 16. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 45. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Aaron Walker started as president and CEO of the Kansas Humane Society on March 1st, so I figure two months was enough time to let him get his feet wet before inviting him on the podcast. Aaron, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. You've got a history in nonprofits and a history with pets, and I want to ask you about both. Uh, let's start with your path to KHS. Where are you from? So I was a filmmaker and an actor uh, when I entered college, and that's what I wanted to do, 100%. Um, and then in my second or third year of college, I realized I also wanted to have a family, and I wanted to be able to do some different things with my life. Um and I didn't feel like being an actor was, was going to lead me there. And so I sort of fell into nonprofit work. In 2002, I started working at uh, Ember Hope uh, or Youthville. Right. And I spent 12 years there um, working in child welfare, uh, in all aspects of child welfare. And I think I was drawn to that sort of work because part of what I like about movies, part of what I liked about being an actor was understanding why we do the things we do and what behaviorally, um, what behaviorally are we looking at for why we are where we are as a society, as people. And so any chance I had to look at those sorts of things, I kind of jumped at. And I had some good mentors early on who said, when somebody asks if 
if anybody's willing to do this thing, X, Y, Z, whatever it is, and nobody seems to want to do it, offer to do it, learn, try it out. If you do, you will make yourself indispensable. <laughs> and man, what great advice. I learned how to budget for Youthville. I learned how to build those $37 million budgets out of spreadsheets so that we could plan out, uh, you know, four or five years of a foster care program. Um, then I kind of transitioned into health. Then I moved into, uh, and I stayed at Karen Health for a number of years here locally. And, uh, and, and then I came here. And what's interesting about KHS is it's, in many ways, it's a culmination of all the things that I have done to this point. We have, we have an intake program for animals that have been abused and neglected, you know, animals that are strays. We're doing the same things for animals that I've been working for children and for, and for people for the last 22 years, 20, 21 years. So um, it's a, it's a weird, a weird sort of connection, but there are so many more parallels than I even realized there would be. Um, it's been really exciting to, to jump in. I'm, I'm curious when the, when the Kansas Humane Society job came open as president and CEO, yeah. you heard about it. Uh, what was your first thought? So I have, I have a short list of three or four agencies that I wanted to apply to, regardless of how happy I was at any other place. And the Humane Society has been on that list for as long as I can remember. Um, I, I immediately, uh, to be quite honest with you, the way the news came out, I immediately thought, oh, oh, I hope everything's okay at the Humane Society. Um, and then when the job was posted, I pretty much was nothing but excited. I, at that point, this was the first job that I have interviewed for that I remember going home after the first interview and talking to my wife and, and her response was, man, you really want this one. <laughs> and I said, I said, yeah, yeah, I do. I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to go that far, you know, because you never know what's going to happen. There are only so many of these types of roles and, um, and I am not uh, egotistical enough to think that there aren't other people who could do great things in this role. Um, so I'm, I'm really honored that they gave me this chance and uh, to come in right now, especially dealing with sort of the, the capacity crisis that shelters are dealing with across the nation. It's a, it's a, it's a good time to get to step in, but it's, there are a lot of opportunities. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I want to be sure to ask about the, 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 cri the capacity crisis that you're having right now, but I cannot imagine that a president and CEO of a humane society cannot be an animal lover. Can you talk about your background with pets and you, you grew up on a farm, right? Yeah, well, I sort of, so both of my parents are, uh, grew up in farming families and their families for, for generations have farmed in Western Kansas. My parents were actually the two kids who chose to kind of leave that life to come to the big city mm -hmm. and, um, and to come here. And so I've lived in Wichita. We, we grew up in Valley Center outside of town. Um, so we lived on six acres 
And even though we weren't on a farm, my parents were very intentional about exposing us to, we had ducks, we had geese, we had, um, we always had dogs, we always had cats. I had, I was very lucky. I had one cat who lived with me for 22 years. Wow. The time I was seven or five until I was 20, 27. Um, and uh, during that time, I think my sister had three dozen cats or something, you know, I mean, it's just the way, the way things kind of work. Um, but we always had animals and we always spent summers and, and other time away, you know, when we didn't have school on those family farms. And so both caring for animals and for what they can be for us as livestock and as resources is, is an important piece of, I think, um, developing me into who I am and also recognizing the companion aspect of just how important an animal can be to a family. Um, and it was always an important part of our family. My wife and I have had dogs. Um, we only had one cat, but we've had uh, three dogs since we got married. We just adopted one. I did not make it 60 days <laughs> at the Humane <laughs> Society. And, and uh, she's beautiful. She's a little terrier mix and will be our smallest dog we've ever had, but she's already part of the family. So it's, it's been awesome. That's, that is awesome. Um, I, I know when you were hired, you, you said you wanted to kind of take inventory was of what was going on at the Humane Society and, and, yeah. and build from there. Two months in, what have you learned about the operation at Kansas Humane Society? We have some of the most passionate people I've ever met. Um, animal welfare, you know, I've worked, like I said, in nonprofit for a long time. Animal welfare has all of the trauma and compassion fatigue um, and passion that child welfare had. Um, but it's the, the barrier of entry into the animal welfare world is a little bit looser than it is for children. Um, and that means that lots more people can get involved, but it also means that lines can get blurred along the continuum. So we have uh, WAS, Wichita Animal Services, which shares this campus with us. Um, and, and the city of Wichita was, you know, fourth uh, or future thinking enough to look forward and say, what if we put these two duplicative services, one in South Wichita, one in North Wichita. What if we put them together on this campus? We could have such a better continuum of care. And that I believe has happened. We, we have a great relationship. They have their piece of what this puzzle is. And we have our piece. Um, we, have some, we have some work to do with our other partners, I think, around what animal welfare looks like from start to finish from an animal coming in because their owner's relinquishing them or because they're astray to whatever that final outcome is. Um, so we send a lot of animals to rescues. And one of the reasons we do that is because there are a lot of animals, especially now since COVID that were not socialized properly during COVID because none of us were socialized properly during COVID mm -hmm. and animals tend to form just like human beings, neural connections that define how they interact with things when they're young. So everybody who came and got a puppy during COVID and decided to raise a puppy 
now those animals are not really set up to, to succeed in a house full of other animals. So we have a lot of animals that need special care. Um, so we're spending a lot of time trying to find an appropriate placement for them in addition to dealing with just the mass number that are coming through. Uh, and that really is the biggest piece of, of the work that we're doing here right now. Mm-hmm. The, the other side from, from me stepping in is I have a incredibly knowledgeable, uh, fantastic executive team here um, from our CFO to our HR person and our shelter ops folks um, and our development department. They, they are all doing a very high level of work with far fewer people than I think I realized they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're making it work. They all believe that nonprofits need to keep the resources going where they should be going. And um, so we're, we're, not, we're not real top heavy. We're very heavy on the, the person resources that are taking care of our animals. That's where we're spending a lot of our resources to make sure that our animals are cared for appropriately. So it's a great foundation from which to start. What kind of an annual budget do you work from? We're around four and a half million dollars a year. Has that grown um, over the years? Yeah, yeah. And and we have really significant, significantly changed the way we support our services as well. So we offer a low-cost spay-neuter service to people in the community. Um, we also do spay-neuter clinics regularly. Uh, one of the things that's exciting about that is the idea that that's a truly preventative service. Often when you're talking about business, when you're talking about nonprofits, it's really hard to get people to invest in prevention because you can't immediately see the result. Thankfully, spay neuter service is something that has enough understanding that, you know, two dogs can turn into, I I read somewhere a couple of days ago, like thousands and thousands in less than 10 years. So, so that is something that we can do that people are behind, um, that we can really make, make an impact on. And it's also a revenue stream, albeit, albeit a small one. Um, we also, uh, well, frankly, the vast majority of our support is from donors, mm-hmm. um, either individual donors or small foundations, family foundations. I am in awe of our development department and the work that they do with our donors. Um, I have had to be in smaller organizations. I've had to be the development person and the executive director and the marketing person and sent out several hundred letters a year, just thanking people for donations. We, we do that level of work every month, every couple of weeks. So, um, so we really, it's important that we stay on top of all of that, that we make sure our donors know how much they mean to us and how, how little we could do without them. I mean, mm-hmm. that really is the backbone of our budget. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the, the campus there at, at K96 and Hillside that was that opened in 2009. It's hard to believe it's been 14 years already. I know, I know. Uh, longtime Wichita's will remember kind of a dingy, grungy place there on K-15 that was the Kansas Humane Society back then. And this was quite a 
quite a project, uh, the Murph and Animal Campus. Um, can you talk about how that facility has held up over 14 years? Have, has KHS outgrown it? Are you bust? I, I know you're busting at the seams yeah. with, with pets yeah. right now, but uh, facility-wise, how's it holding up? It's <laughs> it's a really good question. And um, so we we have constantly said, we have this new building. We're, we're in a new building. We're in a new building. And um, we are starting now to understand that we are not in a new building anymore. <laughs> what is amazing about the building is to have something purpose built is something very few nonprofits ever get to experience. You know, many, many nonprofits are moving from office to office, trying to find just a location to house their folks. And, and you're happy when you can find it and when you can give them enough space to not be looking over somebody else's shoulder at the, you know, at their computer. Um, so, so this campus and, and the opportunity that we have here is awesome because the space is so tailored for exactly what we need it to be. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's not, it's not aging and it is, um, a year ago, we had to spend a considerable amount of money replacing HVAC units, um, over a dozen HVAC units, because we have to keep the inside at a certain temperature, at a certain humidity for the animals. Um, and we're governed by the Department of Ag for that. And things were not good for a little while. Um, we had a lot of things failing. So we're starting to deal with some of those things. We're starting to make more planful decisions about our next budget year, which starts July 1st, and how we're gonna be putting some investments into our infrastructure and making sure that we're set up to continue operating for the next 14 years and beyond here on this campus. Um, but, but, but for the most part, the, just the fact that we have this place, we've made uh, systematic and I think very thoughtful investments as we've been here to change things when we needed to. Um, I think I think we've done a really great job with what we have. Um, as you as you said and I alluded to earlier, the capacity crisis unfortunately is not going to go away. Um, the projections from Wichita Animal Services are um, we're we're taking in more than twice as many dogs a day than we did a year ago. Um, the highest number that we have on record from history was in 2012, and we're beating that number by 35%. Aaron, why is that? Is there an easy answer? Uh, no, no. I mean, the simplest thing is COVID um, resulted in a lot of non-essential services being canceled. So for us, our spay-neuter service, specifically our um, owner-owned spay-neuter service, had to stop. And a lot of people didn't seek services that they didn't think they needed, um, especially preventative services. You know, it was one thing to take your dog to the vet and expose yourself to whatever might be out there um, at the beginning of COVID. It's another thing to to decide I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and pay for the surgery and, and potentially, you know, have to deal with all those ramifications. And for the first year and a half, I don't think we really understood how animals were going to play into the health of our community. 
Um, and so I think everybody was just pretty timid about it. And that is, that's a big chunk of the, of the crisis right now. And it's not just, it's not just in Wichita, it is nationally. Um, we are seeing this uh, all across the board. We're having, we're having rescues contact us asking if they can transfer from the coasts because surely the Midwest isn't as busy as the coasts. And, and we're saying to them, we're all, we're all in the same boat. We're all over capacity. So, uh, and I guess the long-term answer is just getting the message out about spay and neuter services and yeah, trying to incrementally get back to where you were. Yeah. We're working on, working on increasing spay neuter and and also as we go forward we also had to halt our youth ed programs and some other community outreach resource type programs during covid and because of the capacity issues that we're facing we haven't been able to put those things back in place as quickly as quickly as we'd like Mm -hmm. so the idea that um the first step i think is making sure that we're operating at peak efficiency with spay neuter and working with other local vets in the community. We want to create a social awareness that this is a community situation. It's not a WAS situation. It's not Wichita Animal Services. It's not a humane society situation. This is something that we have to do as a community. And to be fair, from a donation standpoint and from an adoption standpoint, our community has stepped up in a, in a huge way. Um, because somehow we are continuing to move over a record number of animals from from Wichita Animal Services and get those animals adopted, even in the midst of all of this. So, um, so we are making headway, but but it's going to take some time for us to slot some of that other stuff back in. And I and I have to think that one of the reasons for the headway has been this social media. I'm going to call it a blitz. Yeah, uh, that I'm not sure exactly when it started. I think it started prior to when you arrived. Am I yes, right? Yes. Yeah, it did. Uh, it did. But, you know, it, it just seemed like at some point social media for the Kansas Humane Society just flipped a switch. Yeah. Uh, you, you tell me from your side, from from the content side, you know, what happened and where it goes. Yeah. So, um so we, we had a changeover in leadership um, when, when our last CEO moved into that position, uh, marketing was under our development area and it still is. Um, so, so it is a tool for making sure that people know about our adoptions, know about our situation and continuing to communicate with all of those folks. When the last marketing director left, it gave our chief development officer an opportunity to look at the position and say, what, what things do we want to do and how can we be experimental? What things can we try out that we've been afraid to try out? Um, it was, it was, that's not a knock on the last person. It's just, it opened up our eyes to the fact that maybe there were things that we hadn't considered that we should be considering. But what I'm most proud of in that department is that they are, really approaching it from a let's try everything and see what works and then really, really put the plans into what works. Mm -hmm. So when the marketing department comes to uh, Shasta Lockwood as our chief development officer, when they propose something to her, 
she asked them to tell her why it's going to work and how and and to really think through those plans as to what are all the individual pieces. The first thing that I saw take off started a day before I, I started here, and it was the only pause uh, fundraiser where we took anim- we took pictures of animals feet mm-hmm. and um, posted them online. And every hundred dollars, we posted an additional five or more pictures. We thought it would maybe be really funny. We didn't know how it would be received, but it, you know, it was something that we thought might get some traction. Um, we planned out 25 posts for that. And uh, we ended up doing 125 posts because, because it went that far beyond our expectations. So they're, they're not afraid to try things and see what works. Um, and they're constantly looking for ways to make things better. I'll tell you something, Kirk. I have been working and playing around in social media since Facebook started, basically. Um, and this is the first role I've been in where I, I feel like I, I'm starting to feel my age in social media. Like I, I'm looking at things they're doing and going, I never would have thought of that. I never would have thought of that. <laughs> uh, I know the danger in asking this next question is you could forget somebody, but who at, at Kansas Humane Society should get a lot of the credit for this blitz and the success that it's had? Yeah, so I would I would uh, credit Jordan Banny Yunez, who is our Director of Marketing and Communications. He's the and guy Car- we see online quite a bit, right? Yes, yes. Okay. He's in a lot of the dog pictures that we that we post. Um, and then Carlene Dick is our social media, um, I don't remember her title, social media strategist, something like that. Mm-hmm. And the two of them have such a fantastic relationship. They are doing, uh, they, they come up with things, they challenge each other, they, they try to figure out ways to make each other's ideas better. And they're also really focusing on telling our animals stories when you get animals that have these sorts of behavior problems um, or behavior needs, I guess, um, it's really important when you're trying to adopt those animals that the adopter knows this is what's going on. And so they've done a really fantastic job of saying, not just making a cutesy post, but making a post that is both funny and engaging and says, and this dog also likes to eat blankets or tries to jump out of yards or, I mean, it's, it's these really important little bits of information that we want to make sure we're communicating to everybody. Um, and they, they just do it on such a scale that it, that it would be overwhelming to me. The, the other person that I would name is, is Shasta again for giving them that direction and letting them, letting them run with it and providing them with the leadership and feedback that, that they need. Um, it's, it's pretty cool to watch. It's, it's one thing to say, or post a picture of a cute dog. It's another thing to say, here's a cute dog. Here's its story. And I think that's, yeah. that's not only the frequency of your posts over the past few months, but the, the quality of the depth that, that we're, that the consumer is getting helping them yeah. make a decision is like you said, it's, it's huge. Yeah, well, and we've gotten we've we've even had a couple of posts go just viral, viral, like internet internet viral. Um, a cat named Pedro Pispispiscal 
um, because, and I didn't get it because I'm new to this world. So the whole like making that sound, um, I didn't, I didn't ever put those two things together until this, until this, this cat went viral. And the first time I saw it wasn't even an internal post. It was like a meme on Twitter that had the Kansas Humane Society cat. It said, a perfect cat name doesn't exist, dot, 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 Pedro Piscal, and then <laughs> picture of that cat. And I mean, that had over 8 million retweets. Wow. I mean, it just blew up. So um, that gave us a lot more, I think, a lot, a, a lot larger following that are now looking at the situation and seeing all of these animals, mm-hmm. but the engagement on social media, I mean, I, I don't, I can say with some certainty that we would not be able to respond the way that we have without it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to ask you about the future. You've, you've, you have obviously had a, been able to come in, take a look at things, uh, are there are there big changes needed with KHS in the in the path forward, or or how do you look at the next you know couple of years, five years, whatever? Yeah, they they uh, the the executive team did a strategic planning process about a year ago and came up with a lot of really good action steps. Um, I think my my work, especially over the next year, is going to be. We have a lot of great people who are very passionate and believe that the piece of animal welfare that they're engaged in both internally and externally is the most important piece of animal welfare there is. We need everybody focused on a single plan and focused on achieving that plan. You know, our, our mission statement is around working with pets and people. It's both sides of things. It's being a community resource so that everybody has a better life and keeping everybody directed at that goal, recognizing your piece of that goal, but really focusing on this is what our goal is, I think is going to be, um, is going to be critical to the, to our future. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to implement some different things, some supervision strategies and, and, and trying to help people um, with, dealing with trauma and compassion fatigue and the things that a lot of our people are seeing on a day-to-day basis when they're dealing with abused animals. Um, It's hard to look at something that is, seems very helpless and, and has been treated incredibly poorly. And I think my child welfare background brings me into this role with maybe a slightly different lens than has been here before. Um, and so I'm really trying to focus on, on that side of things too, and make sure that we don't have a lot of burnout and and a lot of people who feel like they've given their entire heart and can't, and don't have anything else to give. So those are my, those are my immediate areas of look, uh, you know, that where I want to look. Um, and then as we look longer term, it's about creating this. Um, the term, there actually is a term for it, a socially conscious animal community. So a community of people in Wichita who understand this is how we care for animals in Wichita. This is what we're going to do as a group to make sure these things happen. This is my piece 
as, as my wife reminds me, I have a piece of this mess. <laughs> and so this is my piece of the mess. And this is what I'm going to bring to the table. We have so many passionate people. I do not believe that we will not be able to come to some, to some agreement on how we move forward, but it's, it's, uh, it's going to take some time. That's good to hear. I, you know, obviously people can adopt animals, adopt pets. They can donate to Kansas Humane Society. You're yes. also looking for fosters. There are also a lot of things that you, that can be donated in terms of goods. Uh, mm -hmm. Just talk briefly about those things. Yeah. Every, every Wednesday we post a Wednesday wish list on Facebook and our other social channels. And th those are a lot of the, those sorts of donations, soft treats, um, you know, one of the most important things when you're dealing with animals that don't know you very well is making sure you're reinforcing them all the time. And so we give a lot of treats here. We give a lot of, we do try to do a lot of enrichment activity. Um, one of the things I love the most about the Humane Society is for the last almost two years, my wife, my kids, and I have had a volunteering uh, experience here. So if it doesn't matter how old you are, if you're under 16, you can come here with a parent and you can just walk dogs. You can take two dogs out a day, whatever you want to do. You come in, you set the time and you, you help us out. All of that is so vital to, to what we do. Um, and I think you, you mentioned fostering and I'm glad you did building the shelter outside the walls, uh, as, as they say, is going to be vital to us surviving long-term. I don't think building a larger shelter will result in more adoptions. I think it will result in a full shelter in a week <laughs> if, we, if we build a larger shelter. So it's a matter of using the resources we have and engaging the people who are passionate and trying to provide that that extra support to those resources that we have that are outside these walls, because those people are making a huge impact on, on our animal community. Well, Aaron Walker, we wish you continued success. After only two months at Kansas Humane Society, you all are doing such great things. I'm, I'm, we're the owners of, of three Kansas Humane Society cats. So I will say listeners yeah. out there, get there. Yes, yes. They have. It's, it's awesome. It's yeah. Awesome. Oh, if I can say one more thing, sure. we're in the middle of an adoption event right now. So if you're looking for a kitten, if you're looking for a dog, it's the Bissell Pet Foundation uh, Clean the Shelters or Empty the Shelters event. It's through May 15th. Dogs are $25. Um, and uh, let me see. And, and so are kittens. So um, we would love to have people come out and help us out with the, with the capacity issue, get some animals, bring some new members home to your family. And I just want to say thanks, Kirk. This is uh, anytime we can get our message out there and, and get to talk to people about what's going on, it, it, it changes things. So I really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. And you, you all are doing a great job of getting the message out. Keep it going. Thank Thanks, you so Aaron. much. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 308. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. 
The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.